G'day, and welcome to Feed for Thought, a regular podcast from Pioneer covering everything from farm systems to crops and products and much, much more. Hi, I'm Wade Bell, and welcome to this week's podcast. Uh, look, I'm, I'm actually really excited. This is my opportunity to uh, to run the cutter here today and uh, try and control these two lads. So uh, I've got Ian and Matt. Um, well, if Ian's involved, that's impossible. Well, <laughs> I've learned that. Hey, look, I'm, I'm going to do my best. Uh, so we'll try and keep a lid on Ian. And actually, this topic kind of leans that we're going to talk about today leans a little bit towards you, Matt, to be fair. Uh, the Mayor of Manawatu, you've shifted to... Uh, the South Island and this topic that we're talking about, which is about the growth of maize in the South Island in general, what what's happening down there? What's going on? And don't tell me it's because you've moved down that you're seeing significant growth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's probably building on the back it, of our good work in the no, past. Yeah. But we- <laughs> There's a direct correlation with me being down there and more maize. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm telling myself anyway. No, we, we've seen over the last couple of years a lot of growth, particularly in that Canterbury region. But we're moving south further and further. Plenty of reasons as to why. Got better yields down there from our um, improved genetics. We've got a lot of, uh, there's a lot of tension around uh, winter grazing. And so stored feed fits into that. We've got uh, environmental pressures as well. And and on the ground down there, before I was there, we've got a great team actually servicing and, and working with farmers down there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's some pretty motivated um, uh, farmers and merchants. So, I mean, it's been really interesting seeing merchants really getting out with their clients and, and promoting maize as well. Yeah, well, with anything, when you see growth, you need that support. And and so, as we've we've steadily grown over the last couple of years, having that technical support is always always good. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, I want to start unpacking some of these uh, these reasons why we're getting some growth and the the kind of growth we are in the South Island. So, you talked about yield and and hybrid development. So, talk to me a little bit about what's happening in that space. So, some of our shorter maturities uh, are now actually achieving significant yields. We're we're gaining in our short maturities over three hundred kilos a year. So, I, I look at that every ten years. That's three ton. So, we're actually economic now as well so if you've got all those reasons behind in terms of stored feed environmental uh, reasons but it doesn't stack up financially well it's harder to get in so those yields are, are, are definitely driving us in and and we're actually getting them on farm or on platform now so a lot of the market used to be and when you used to travel down there was traded maize coming from contract growers arable farmers yeah, they, I mean, they used to say you couldn't grow maize on platform. Um, that was what, you know, what the mantra was. But yeah. now, I mean, look, some of the yields you're getting down there, Matt, tell me if I'm wrong, it seems that they are the highest yields in the country for a region. Would that be true in Canterbury? Right. And it's yeah. nothing to do with you, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's nearly shameful when I go down there and I tell them from, I'm from Manawatu and the, the clays of Bunnythorpe and we're only doing 16, 17 tonne kind of thing. And they're doing 24, 25 consistently. They can make it rain with those big steel things that let go of water. So you add a bit of heat and they've got fantastic yields across the board. You've got to go really far south and we've got maize in Southland, but the further south you go, those yields ride off a bit. But in that bowl there of Canterbury, there's some some pretty bloody good crops. So, so in, in Canterbury, Matt, I mean, we used to, that one of the issues was was that it was just too long. I mean, what? So, when are you planting, and when are you sort of getting it off now? So, we're still still in the October. I oh, see he's asking oh, no, the question he, for you. Yeah, yeah, I tell you, sorry, guys. Running a mark. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking I, exactly I, the same I, thing. I, I'm there. zipping my mouth. <laughs> he's a loose cannon yeah, of this of this podcast. Yeah, him in. Yeah. Um, but we're we're looking October still because it's a, a slower season down there where we have been in in April, but we are getting crops off in, in March. Um, it's pretty exciting with some of the early maturities, some of the 70 CRMs that are coming off that first or second week of March. I mean, that's mind-blowing. That's opening us to 
to being on platform and actually being part of a regrassing system. So typically we had to wait for oats or a, a winter crop to go in behind, uh, like winter wheat or something. So, so what, are, what, are, what are farmers planting in behind their maize now? Um, so there'll be some, uh, there'll be a mix of annual. So if we talk on, on platform, be yep. annual, if, if for those very few that are in that short maturity space at the moment, they, they might achieve uh, getting a permanent in, which is mind-blowing because it never would have happened in the past. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So. Okay, I'm going to move on a little bit. One of the other points that you mentioned, and this is Ian's chance to shine here, a little bit in the environmental space. So what's happening down in the South Island that might be kind of leading this push towards the use of maize as opposed to some alternative crops? Yeah, I think, what, well, there's new regulations that are coming around um, what percentage of your farm you can put into winter grazing and uh, and it's quite restricted. And so farmers are going to think about how do they um, manage their stock over the winter period. They're going to have to have some kind of stored feed system uh, alongside, a, a, say, a standoff or a feed pad. It's, it's, it's actually quite scary at the moment. So excess feed at the moment, there's a winter crop that isn't required now that is sitting there with no animals to go to it. So going into winter with no animals in the upcoming. So so what are they doing with it? Well, that's the worrying thing. Yeah. We're, 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 we could have something maybe pasture actually growing because we've already taken our maize off and have that either as grass or as later, but not that pressure, whereas you've got that stored feed sitting there. Right. The beauty, I suppose, of having a crop that you can take away versus – now you've got to go find animals on the open market. You've got to do something with it. Yeah. 30, 40 hectares. It's pretty scary. Yeah, and, and the other thing too, I mean, obviously there's, there's a real pressure around um, nitrogen loss to uh, groundwater. And so something like a, a deep-rooting, high nitrogen demand crop like maize is going to be one of the solutions that farmers have got. And the the 190 NCAP has actually seen us be on platform a little bit more. Being a, a crop that we harvest versus a, a forage crop, we don't have to take from elsewhere on the platform. So as people have reduced their nitrogen inputs, um, maize is fitted into that that system quite well as well. So this sounds incredibly rosy to me. You know, like we've got short hybrids that are yielding incredibly well. They're great for the environment. They're, they're stored feeds. They're flexible. They're good for the animal. Like, where are the risks here, guys? Come on, uh, give, me some, give me some Absolutely. balance. <laughs> Look, and we're never going to get it from Ian. So Ian, you have to stop for a moment. Matt, can you please give us some balance to this? So in the past, frosts have been a, a real significant one. But again, the shorter maturities are pulling us out of that window and things are getting warmer down there. So we, we don't have that, that risk. Can you see any other downside? So we're so we're looking at mm. some, say environmental risks. Oh, look, I, Matt, wait, I I just think it's it is a very good solution. For, I mean, you know, you know, yeah. I'm going to say that, but I just think it's a great solution for the South Island farmers. Yeah, the thing that immediately springs to mind, Ian, and you touched on it. Yeah, I'm going to say you glossed over it and you moved on really quick as you talked about infrastructure and feed pads. Now, I haven't spent a lot of time in the South Island, but I'm not aware of a whole lot of infrastructure for feeding maize onto? Is yeah. that, a, that a limiting factor down there? Is that something that farmers right. would have to take into consideration? Dead right, right. So so we've got reasonably new cow sheds, maybe some in-shed feeding sitting beside it. And because we've had those support blocks that have been supporting with winter grazing, there isn't there hasn't been the need for that. As we need to move away from some of that winter grazing and also have animals off paddock for certain parts of the year, feed pads will become, or feeding facilities, I should say, um, will become a part of, of systems going Yeah, forward. look, and, and I, I mean, I did gloss over it. I mean, when you're looking at, say, a 1000 to $2,000 a cow to put a off paddock's wintering system in, that's significant cost in it. You know, 6% interest, that's quite a lot of cost. So that, that does need to be taken into account. But the question that, that you've got to ask yourself is that if we don't do this, will we still be able to farm? I mean, people are going to have to get a consent to farm um, unless they meet certain environmental standards. 
So it's going to be an environment rather than, you know, that's going to be one of the key things which are going to drive on-farm behaviour. Yeah. yeah. And touching on the like the feed wasters side, that, that has been a barrier in the past. And so particularly so... So even on your dry soils, you still it's still a, a barrier. You're still going to lose a, a small percentage, but the two parts, yes, we still get um, large benefits by feeding maize in autumn, but there is a hole in the southern market for maize in that early lactation. Yeah. So if you don't have a feed pad, you're still requiring that feed to go in 40 50%. Well, it's going to make that feed bloody expensive and you waste a lot of it. So, yeah, yeah it, it's going to be coupled, I suppose, the need for animals to be off farm, but to actually minimise that wastage as well. Yeah, and look, I'm going to give you a little bit of a plug here, Matt. So one of the reasons that you're now in the South Island is that you have a farm systems role and a farm systems background. So part of your role is to actually give farmers a little bit of feedback around the broader farm systems implications of, you know, introducing yeah, Even how you work it, I was fortunate enough to be on a farm just out of Omaru uh, the other day, brand new feed bed, new feed bunkers, pretty cool to see development going on and just working with guys to see how, the, how their feeding is actually going to run out. It's a new product to them, help them on that journey, I suppose. Yeah, awesome. And uh, from the from the actual crop side, so the agronomy side, uh, you touched on it right at the start about the team that we've got on the ground. Uh, you know, like if I'm a farmer and I'm looking to sort of explore this a little further, how to farmers engage with, with our team there? So with either your lo- local merchant, um, but we've got a team out on the road as well that are supporting, they're well experienced. Um, we've been growing the team down there over the last few years as well. So uh, a wealth of experience and, and some good buggers as well down there. Yeah. Yes, even, even though they do well, support Canterbury. <laughs> hey, I'm still sticking with the canes. It's, it's funny how he seems to slide in the last word, even yeah, though when he doesn't get the opening to slide in the last word. It's brilliant. He's he's, he's a master at this stuff, I tell you. So, look, um, thanks, Matt. Really good insights there in terms of where the maize market's at and, and where it could be heading in the South Island. Really interesting uh, stuff there. Uh, for, for our listeners, um, we'd encourage you to, to follow and subscribe our, uh, to our podcast series and, and you'll keep kept up to date with, uh, with our next episode and, and, uh, and what we've got coming down the pipeline. So thanks for listening. 